2: Hey everybody, this is Dan Lobby. Before we get started here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, let me tell you about Football Insider, our text subscriber service where me, Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko, Alice Williams will text you with the latest on the Browns, news, analysis, what we're thinking, and more. You can text us back and we respond directly to you cutting through the clutter of social media. You also get opportunities to get involved in this podcast and participate in roundtables and other events for our subscribers. It's like a little club and you want to get involved with this club. You even get a newsletter every day. It's got exclusive content you either won't see on cleveland.com or you'll see before anyone else. You know what though? Don't let me tell you about it. How about if you hear from some of our subscribers as to why they love Football Insider? I don't know why any Browns fan would not want to have this. It's great. There's something every day. I mean, it's really really keeps me in touch with uh, the Browns. The daily newsletter that y'all put out there, I I really like that. It's got a lot of links, a lot of different read-ups. I mean, just, you know, you get a lot of content. That's why I like it. If I'm at work or something and I need a quick break, I can hit that up and say, oh, and in a minute I can read. Uh, what you wrote, and, uh, you know, see maybe that there's further information in, you know, one of your other articles or something like that. I get excited when I see, you know, my little text messages pop up. <laughs> so if you want to join us, you can start a 14-day free trial by going to cleveland.com slash browns and clicking on the box on the right side of the page. It's $3.99 per month after the trial. Or even easier, since it is a text service, pick up your phone and text 216208. 3965 to get signed up. Again, to start your 14-day free trial, text 216-208-3965. Hey everyone, welcome to our Tuesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk Podcast. I am Dan Lobby, joined as always by Mary Kay Cabot. Mary Kay, how are you?
1: I'm a little bit tired from a uh an early commute home from Baltimore this morning, but uh, hanging in there. How about you?
2: I, I survived my commute as well. We went very different ways. You flew. I, I drove to Baltimore for the first time. It actually isn't a bad little drive. Uh, a little long, but not a bad little drive over there. Scott Patzko joining us as well. Scott, how are you?
0: I'm good. I was here all weekend, but I have made that drive at least 10 times. To my, uh, to my beloved hair band festival every year. So okay, I, I know of all about the winding hills of Pennsylvania.
2: <laughs> my, my family, for whatever reason, we're like East Coast vacationers. We always go to like, well, I have some family in the Boston area and we went to like Virginia one year. So I know the Pennsylvania Turnpike. I think I could close my eyes and actually just drive the Pennsylvania Turnpike at this point. Uh, all right, let's talk football instead of road trips. Although maybe we should do a road trip pod sometime. Um, News today. Let's start with Austin Seibert. I don't think we need to spend a ton of time on the kicker, especially because we knew that this was probably coming, especially when Kevin Stefanski didn't exactly give him a a vote of confidence when we talked to him via Zoom a a few hours before they decided to part ways with him. Uh, But Austin Seibert is gone. Uh, Cody Parkey is up from the practice squad. Mary Kay, this is, I guess, just another one of those lessons. Don't draft a kicker.
1: Yeah, don't draft a kicker. I mean, we really debated that last year, whether or not John Dorsey should have done that. That's a fifth round pick gone. And you know, you can get some pretty good players in the fifth round. So you know that that was it was kind of a roll of the dice a little bit. It didn't work out. And as you mentioned, After that game, when Kevin Stefanski came out and he was very curt and he just said, you've got to make those kicks, it's basically unacceptable, you just knew he was going to be gone. The only question was, would they do it in time for this Thursday night game when really they only have one, technically one practice on tomorrow, or would they wait when there was that little longer span of time? But they've seen enough. No more doinks off of a goalpost. No more sailing kicks from 40 yards and out, wide right, wide left. The last thing they wanted to do was be at the dog pound end on Thursday night on national television and have him miss the game winning kick, right? Couldn't you have just seen that happening?
0: Yeah, I think, didn't we go through this once already with Cody Parkey? He shows up a couple games or a game or two into the season and that's how we kind of arrived the first time. you're right. You don't draft a kicker because they have such a small degree of, uh, they can't mess up. You know, a fifth round linebacker gets a lot of chances. You know, they, he might get moved to the practice squad at some point. But if you're a kicker and you keep making mistakes, it, it doesn't matter where you're drafted. You're, you're going to get released. And that's what happened to Cybert.
2: You know, I feel like Cody Parkey got a little bit of a raw deal here. Uh, Scott, you mentioned it. He actually got signed back in 2016 before the team went to Miami. And he actually, he got signed officially that Saturday before the game, but he didn't join the team until that Sunday morning in Miami. He was in Florida and and he joined the team there and he missed uh, three kicks that day. The Browns lost in overtime to uh, Ryan Tannehill and Jarvis Landry and company uh, in that football game. But after that, he went 17 of 19 on field goals. He was 19 of 20 on extra points. Now, since then, he's obviously become known for other things, most notably the double doink in Chicago. But I'll stand up a little bit for Cody Parkey in the, the 2016 he had here, who, he, you know, he eventually lost that job to, to Zane Gonzalez. But yeah, maybe there's a chance he could come in here and, and recreate a little bit of uh, the magic, I guess, if you want to call it that during a 1 in 15 season, the magic that he had uh, when he joined the Cleveland Browns the first time around.
1: Well, one of the things that he does really well is he can he can hit the long ball. And, you know, that could really come in handy, especially with uh, some of the offense that we saw in Baltimore yesterday. <laughs> so, you know, I think that's significant. I mean, he can make kicks of 50 yards or longer. That was not going to happen with Austin Seibert. He was not only missing – from 40 and out, which we saw that consistently in training camp last year. Remember that? I mean, I, I would stand out there at training camp and say, there's no way you can you can put this young man into a football game right now. It's just he's not ready for this. Um, but somehow he made it through this season and he did okay. Uh, but, but Cody Parkey, uh, he is something like eight out of 10 from, from 50 and out, I think is the statistic. Uh, that's, that's pretty darn good. Uh, the other thing about uh, Austin Seibert, as, as we now know, he, he missed four extra points last season. Those are really 33-yard field goals and one this year. I mean, you can't miss five extra points in your first 17 games in the NFL. I mean, no. It doesn't mean he doesn't have the capacity to be a good kicker someday, but he's, he's got to work harder at it. Maybe go spend some time on a practice squad for a little while. They just, they cannot tolerate that kind of thing.
0: One more thing about uh, Parkey's uh, debut with the Browns. He, he, he had six attempts that day yeah. in yep. Miami. That's, yeah, you're on the team and guess what? You're, you're kicking all day. And, you know, you're kicking with, I don't even know, it was seconds left in regulation there uh, when he could have won that game. I, the thing that stands out to me about Parkey, he was a pro bowler as a rookie. And this year he's on a practice squad. And I know a lot of that has to do with the circumstances of this year and, you know, the expanded practice squads. But it's quite a, uh, quite a journey for a guy who started off probably thinking, uh, you know, his career was maybe going to go a different way.
2: Yeah. And, you know, kind of to your point, Mary Kay, the nice thing about a kicker is ultimately you don't have to come in and learn any routes. You don't have to learn anything like that. He's been on the practice squad. You just show up and kick the football. But uh, he's, he's going to get to do that on national TV. You do have to get used to that holder. Uh, and that that long snapper though that's a little more that operation is a little more intricate than I think people think let's move on to the the bigger news though I think which is David Njoku who just had I mean look a fantastic game Uh, one of the bright spots from week one uh, a guy with a lot of question marks coming into this year and frankly he kind of showed all of us hey I'm not going anywhere I'm here I can play I can make some plays and score a touchdown I had the long catch uh, when the Browns were still in the football game. And that's the other thing about it. These were, I don't want to call them high leverage situations, but it's not like these were garbage time plays. He was making plays when it was still a football game. Uh, now he's going to be out for about three weeks. It sounds like he's on IR. You know, the benefit there is with these new IR rules, you can bring back guys, uh, unlimited, unlimited guys off IR. They, they only have to miss three games. So hopefully he'll be back sooner than later. But, you know, just kind of bummer news because this guy had some momentum, and was probably going to get some playing time and have a chance to make an impact against Cincinnati.
1: Yeah. I mean, who would have thought that the offensive bright spot in Baltimore was going to be David Njoku, right? I mean, he ends up basically as the third tight end and yet he goes out and pretty much has a more reliable, better game than anybody. He caught all three of the passes that came his way. Uh, He caught a touchdown pass. He hung on for it. Okay. He was pretty wide open, but still he made the play
2: that ball was in the air for a long time
1: (laughs) (laughs) and uh and then he caught two deep balls basically over the middle one for 28 yards uh you know in in that ill-fated end of the first half and then another 21 yarder in the second half and uh you know and he hung on I mean this is a very physical physical defense and he kept his concentration, and that's what you want to do. If you're going to ask for a trade, then rescind it uh, and stay on the football team, you want to go out there, and you want to come down with the football, and he did that. That was a really nice debut for him, so good for him. It's been stressful. Had a rough year last year with Freddie Kitchens. He, he's just been on a roller coaster ride, so to be able to go out in, in that very uh, dysfunctional game, let's call it, and and have a good outing that was good for him unfortunately now he's got to miss at least the next three games and I think now I mean seeing what we saw yesterday they're going to miss him he's a guy that is a big guy that can go up and catch that darn ball in the red zone and I think that's one of the reasons that the Browns have stuck by him
0: yeah he had the highest offensive grade from uh, pro football focus 92.3 And he was on the field for 17 snaps. So he got stuff done in limited opportunities. Um, Hooper got 56 snaps, Harrison Bryant, 31. So clearly those guys were, uh, were a bigger part of the, of the game plan, but you know, it's gotta be frustrating for Njoku to go out there and actually perform well. And now you're, you're sitting out for a few weeks, you know, I I guess we're going to see more of Steven Carlson who still got 13 snaps yesterday. I mean, they truly did use a lot of tight ends. Um, but uh, I think they're going to want more out of, out of Hooper and Bryant, who I think, if I remember right, com- combined for three catches yesterday. That's, that's not enough for that's
2: right. three so what they are hoping
0: from them.
1: For 20 yards.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and, and Bryant's came pretty early in the game, too. I, I think he had the first catch of the game, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but, yeah, look, if is going to catch the football, that's a game changer, right? If those hands are reliable, that's a game changer for him because that's really been his problem. And, Scott, give you some credit here, you kind of noticed him, you know, you, you kind of made a big deal of that, that big day he had, that Sunday at First Energy Stadium, when it was probably the best practice he had all camp, um, and, and he's obviously been able to, to kind of carry that over to this point. Uh, the other injury news, uh, this has to do with the injury report, is Jack Conklin popped up on the injury report. Now, in these short weeks, these are estimated participation, so they did not actually practice today. Uh, But they have to put out an injury report by rule. So they kind of estimate would this guy have been out there would this guy not have been out there and Jack Conklin uh, was a did not participate today. You never know how that's going to play out over a short week but you know you at least kind of pay attention to it as we start Mary Kay. Do, Do we know anything about this injury right now.
1: Well, no, I haven't been able to really find out too many details about it. I was, I was thinking it wasn't a very good day for the Drew Rosenhaus clients. Uh, it's uh, Jack Conklin, David Njoku, and Jacob Phillips. And, uh, you know, they all got injured in that game. And we don't know the extent of, of Jacob Phillips yet, but when we talked to Sione Taki today, he made it seem like Jacob Phillips could, could use a lot of encouragement and like he needs a, a friend right now. Uh, so that that had me a little bit concerned. As far as Jack Conklin is concerned, the fact that he would not have practiced today it raises a red flag. I mean, the only practice that they have is tomorrow. Uh, then Wednesday they're off and um, and then the game, of course, is Thursday night. So uh, I'm guessing that the ankle, maybe somebody maybe it got rolled up on, I, you know, I, I don't really know. I mean, a finger's not going to keep him out of a game, uh, but an ankle can keep you out of a game, especially because, Uh, you know, this is a a mobile offensive line. This is not just five guys being super stationary and, you know, just being a wall in in front of the quarterback. I mean, you know, they play the wide zone, uh, they pull, they, they move, uh, they do things like that. So you have to be athletic. You have to be mobile. And so if he has some kind of a, you know, who knows? I mean, if it's a high ankle sprain, that is, um, you know, that's something that keeps you out for a significant period of time in some cases. I don't know if it's mild. I don't know what it is yet. All I know is when you see Jack Conklin with a DNP three days before the game, uh, you have to be a little worried about that.
0: And yeah, the offensive line played really well. Um, I do remember Conklin being on the ground kind of like base first uh, more than once. And maybe he got stepped on somehow. But um, overall, that group played pretty well. And uh, that's encouraging. Um, you know, Baker Mayfield had time to throw, but if you're going to lose someone like him, and man, they linebackers like they do, they cannot lose any more linebackers. They're just really they're so thin. It's not a position they can afford any more injuries. So if if they're losing Phillips, that's just that's just one more issue. And the linebackers, while they did tackle well on Sunday, they didn't really have a great game, especially in coverage. Nobody had a great game in coverage, and you need Phillips out there for that.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think the the one thing you kind of hang on to, if if you're hoping for Jacob Phillips and or even for a guy like Mac Wilson, is neither of those guys have been put on IR yet. Again, we talked about it with uh, you know with Njoku. You can go on IR for three weeks, so maybe that tells you that you know maybe in Mac Wilson's case they feel like he'll be back maybe after this ten day break. Who knows. Uh, with Phillips, maybe they don't have enough information or maybe it's it's not as serious as Sione Talkie made it sound. But I, I agree with you, Mary Kay. When he answered that question today, it was a little bit like, oh, that doesn't sound great the way he's talking about this injury.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, when I was looking at the snap counts, I mean, he only played, I think it was 12 snaps for a total of 20% of the defensive snaps. So it's not like he was out there the whole entire time. But what they did was, you know, they used a number of different guys. They rolled guys in. And they kind of rotated at the position and tried to get different matchups and things like that. I think part of that is they're still trying to figure out who they are at linebacker. I don't think they, they really have a great handle on that yet, uh, but they know more now. Uh, I guess, you know, if I had to guess, I, I don't think he's going to play this game. I don't know exactly the extent of it. And we probably aren't going to know too much before Thursday night, but I, I just have a feeling he's going to be out this game.
2: Okay. We're going to take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to look, we have football to talk about. We get to learn things from something we saw on the field. So that's what we're going to do. We're just going to come up with something we learned from Sunday's loss in Baltimore, right after the break. and Back on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, Dan Lobby, Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko. It's time. What did we learn on Sunday in Baltimore? Each of us came up with one thing that we learned. Mary Kay, why don't you get us started? You know,
1: I think one of the biggest takeaways for me in this game was the fact that you can have all the talent in the world and they still do. I mean, we look out there and we just see all this talent, all these big name players, Miles, Jarvis, Odell, Nick, Kareem, Baker, Jack. I mean, they're all out there, but I think it mattered. I think it mattered that they didn't have the time to put it on the grass, to put it together, to rep it, to learn it, to get to know each other. Uh, you know, for Jack, uh, for Jedrick Wills to, you know, and, and he had a solid debut, uh, but, you know, to play your very first game at left tackle in Baltimore against the Ravens. I mean, that's a tall order. Uh, for Baker Mayfield to, to be trying to learn a whole new terminology, footwork system, uh, when he never played a live game before. He, he never had to get sacked in this new system before with this line in front of him. You know, Kareem Hunt's never run before and just the whole COVID marred off season and what an impact it had on the Cleveland
2: Browns. Yeah, Scott, did you notice anything that, that kind of made you feel like man a preseason would have helped or at least a normal off season?
0: In this game? Um no. <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> you mean would you mean in terms of them treating that like a preseason game or
2: just anything that maybe had they had a little more time or a little more prep that, that maybe that could have been better?
0: Oh, clearly the, uh, the, the Beckham and Mayfield connection. I think it just defensively overall, there was just a lot, of, a lot of miscommunication. And it wasn't so much always that they had backups out there. I think Ellis uh, Williams in, in his uh, uh, defensive post after the game pointed out some issues, especially with B.J. Goodson, who really did not have a good game, Uh, in coverage Uh, things like that that you think more time together more communication more understanding where they're supposed to be is going to help so I think I think Mary Kay said after the game you know treat it like a preseason game just flush it away and that's probably the best case
2: all right Scott what did you learn
0: I learned the offensive lines better like I alluded to earlier um 12 pressures for Baker which is not a lot only eight were uh responsibility of the offensive line, according to, to PFF. Baker had an average of three seconds to throw, which is usually uh, in, in the top two or three in the league uh, for a season. So if you're getting three seconds to throw, that's pretty good. He was at about 2.7 uh, the last couple of years. And I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're back there holding the ball, it is, you know. Um, Wyatt Teller is not a problem. I learned that. He had, like, uh, run black and grade in the 90s. Um, and Jedrick Wills, like Mary Kay said, you know, he was, he was adequate, you know, he was like 60s across the board as far as grades go, but um, he had three pressures, one sack, but it wasn't a case of, uh, you didn't watch that game and think Jedrick Wills was a problem. You thought, all right, he's a rookie and that was his first game and it really wasn't that bad. So going into this Bengals game, I think you have to feel pretty good about the offensive line. Uh, the problem with that is that's an excuse that's off the table for Baker's performance.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Mary Kay, you mentioned it was a tough day for, for Drew Rosenhaus, guys. It was a tough day for John Dorsey in, in some ways yesterday, but certainly uh, Wyatt Teller, that trade is, is looking like it's going to be a winner for this team, That maybe they've found a guy that can be their right guard for a while. And Kareem Hunt so far, that's, that's certainly been, you know, he looked like he was sharp uh, as well. So, um, yeah, the, I guess for me, what I learned – It's something I'm concerned about. And it's still the back end of that defense. I'm still just a little freaked out by the back end of that defense. And I know there's injuries. I know there's guys that that aren't there that are supposed to be there. But, you know, I keep coming back to, okay, yeah, but we're talking about Kevin Johnson. And, you know, we're talking about a guy like Greedy Williams who's supposed to be a starter, but we still don't exactly know what he is. Maybe Terrence Mitchell is a better option there. I don't know. I'm just worried about the back seven in that defense those linebackers any of the corners not named denzel ward the safety position until ronnie harrison really gets up to speed i mean andrew sandejo had a really difficult game you know, carl joseph I, I think kind of re-watching it, it looked to me like carl joseph was maybe the guy who was supposed to cover the tight end on that first touchdown i don't know for sure uh, but it was that's just a
0: difficult... thought. yeah he
2: can, was, he with that. that's kind of what it looked like it was just a difficult day for an area of the team that I was already concerned about. So I guess what I learned is maybe my concerns were well-founded. We'll see over the next few weeks how, how this all goes, if, if they get better and play better. Uh, but I'm, I'm still a little concerned about that area.
1: Yeah, and you know, not that the, those guys are necessarily pro bowlers or anything yet, but when you look at that secondary, three of their top defensive backs are gone right now
2: yeah, and that's, and that's fair
1: that, that puts a huge strain i mean if we if you took you know marcus peters and marlon humphrey and chuck clark out of the uh out of the baltimore secondary it's a different ball game baker mayfield probably has 120 yards you know <laughs> you never know i mean to, to take the th- you know three of your best guys off the field in the secondary puts an enormous amount of strain on your depth. You're down to special teamer Tavier Thomas playing nickel, right? I mean, it just isn't what, what you planned for Grant Delpit. I mean, every time we talked about what rookie we thought was going to make the, the biggest impact this year, a lot of times we said Grant Delpit before he went down. So um you know, Greedy Williams, I think Greedy was poised to probably take a, another step up this year and be a better cornerback. Uh, you know, there's a reason he was their starter. There was a reason he was picked in the second round. So I, I just, you know, I agree with you, Dan. There, there is reason to be concerned because it's hard to replace all of those guys, you know, when they go down in training camp.
0: At Tavier Thomas, 28 snaps yesterday. That's more than his first two seasons combined on defense. <laughs> it's not what you want uh, is your is your nickel corner
2: I I guess unfortunately my long-term concern is when you take Denzel Ward out of the equation I I don't see a Marcus Peters or a Marlon Humphrey or, or someone like that now Grant Delpit is certainly someone that you look at and say that that's a an enormous loss but you know we'll see again I, I thought Kevin Stefanski you know it was either yesterday or today I don't remember which zoom call it was but you know, he kind of made the point that You get to a certain point in the season. You can't just judge off one game. You get to a certain point. I think it was about Austin Hooper's role. Uh, You get to a certain point, and then you kind of see where you're at. And and that's really sort of how we have to approach it. But, you know, you hate when there's an area of concern that you had all offseason, and then it comes to fruition in the first game. Uh, It it makes it even a little more concerning. And the Bengals do have some weapons. You know, I I don't know if they can protect Joe Burrow enough for him to actually do something against this, this Browns team. Uh, but they do have some weapons and, and some guys that can cause some problems uh, for that Browns defense. Okay. Uh, anything else to add? Or are we good here on our, our Tuesday after our first Browns game? I think we're good. That'll do it for this edition of the orange and Brown talk podcast. Make sure you're a subscriber wherever you get your podcasts and make sure you check out football insider. I'm going to nail that phone number today. Text 216-208-3965. To start that 14-day free trial and get signed up for Football Insider. We've been doing a lot of cool stuff there uh, on game days leading up to the week, and Mary Kay, you've got something to add as well.
1: It's uh, Terrence Mitchell Ogunjobi is the number, so Ooh. When you get to the last four, just remember T. Mitch <laughs> and Ogunjobi, and you'll be good to go.
2: There you go. So 216-208, Terrence Mitchell, 39, Ogan 65. Now I'm never gonna forget <laughs> it. I'm just I'm probably gonna reverse it in my mind though <laughs> All right, that'll do it for this edition of the Orange and Brown Talk Podcast for Scott and Mary Kay. I'm Dan. Thanks for listening.